don't you give the Lord some praise in here? Come on and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together. Hallelujah. Come on, put those hands together. Put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I said I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. We're certainly grateful to God to be in here just one more time. Amen. We're having some technical difficulties. That's all right. We'll get it together. Amen. But we praise God for each of you who are here. We praise God that he's allowed you to see just one more day. This is just another day that the Lord has blessed us and kept us. And for that, we are grateful and we are glad. And we're thankful for each of you who've come to share with us on this morning. I pray God's blessings over you and your homes and your households. And I'm glad to see your shining faces on this morning. Amen. That means that God has been good to you. I said, that means that God has been good to you. I said, that means that God has been good to you. The old saint said, he woke me up this morning and he started me on my way. I said, he woke me up this morning. Another songwriter said he didn't let me sleep too late. Amen. But he woke me up right on time. And for that, we are grateful to God for his blessings, for his kindness and for his mercy. And we're grateful to see each of you on this morning. We're grateful for our musicians who have led us forth in worship. Come on, give them a praise. Amen. On this morning. Thankful to God for them. And man, for each of you, my father's children this morning, we're going quickly to the word of the Lord. We, you will find us there in St. John chapter 20. And we'll be looking at verses 19 through 31. Again, that is St. John chapter 20. And we'll be looking at verses 19 through 29. Amen. Again, St. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 29. We're following up. Amen. Our message today follows in sequence. Amen. From our Resurrection Sunday on last week. And I don't know how many, no many of you were there on last week. Amen. We had a wonderful time in the Lord. Was grateful to see each of us coming back together just to share of his goodness. And then we're sharing sequentially of the story. Amen. We talked about the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior on last Sunday. And this Sunday, we're going to talk a little bit about him appearing to his disciples, appearing unto those, his followers, Amen. After his resurrection, amen, we're going to follow up by talking about that on this morning there in St. John chapter 20, amen, at verse 19. Uh, our subject, our thought for this morning really was, we're really leading up to Pentecost. This is kind of our road to Pentecost. We're headed to Pentecost shortly. And our thought for this morning is I believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. And some of you already know where we are going. Amen. For those of you, amen, who are with us in the sanctuary, if you will stand as we read God's word. Again, that's St. John chapter 20. And we'll begin at verse 19. And the word of the Lord reads there in St. John 20 and 19 from the English Standard Version. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace 
be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was with them when was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you will meet us in these destiny moments. Lord, allow our spirits, our hearts, and our minds to be open to what you have to say to us now. Strengthen us, Lord, that we might receive your direction and your encouragement. Allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, lead us along your way. Encourage us along your way. Strengthen us along your way. And Lord, may your blessings follow us as we follow your path. Lord, we've come here for your purpose. We've come here for your direction. Lord, do not allow us to leave here in the same manner in which we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Our thought for this morning is, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, many of us, we have a lot of judgment reserved for Thomas. Because of his disposition relative to this text, he's even been labeled doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas. And mostly relative to this test, there are, texts, there are other few things that we, where we see Thomas. And he says some things. Most of them do, do not demonstrate a lack of faith, but more a lack of clarity. Sometimes he asks for Jesus to clarify what he meant. And yet then, in one moment, Thomas tell, we, appears to us and he says to Jesus, he said, when you die, I'm ready to die with you. In that moment, he's showing courage and faith. And also obedience to the idea that Jesus came to be offered and to be sacrificed. And we similarly have to sacrifice. We have to give up some things. We do suffer even in this way. But here we find Thomas in this particular text. And this is for the text for which he's most known. We see immediately preceding this, this particular passage regarding Thomas that Jesus has appeared to the disciples. And he has acknowledged he's saying, peace be unto you. The disciples we see are in a posture of fear because it says the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They were so afraid that they were going to be taken by the Jewish people that they had locked the doors and bolted them. And they were in a manner hiding from them so that they would not be taken. They would not be offered. And ultimately, some fear that they may even suffer the same fate that Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. 
So they were locked up. They were hiding. And yet, even through a locked door, here Jesus came through. If you notice that in the text. Interesting, it does not elaborate on that. But even though the doors were bolted and locked and closed, Jesus made his way inside the room. Jesus showing forth not only the fact that he had been human, but also the fact that he was divine in that moment. That he was able to get into a place that was supposedly secured and find them in a place where they were supposedly hiding. And for some of us, that is not an unfamiliar idea because sometimes Jesus found us when we were hiding. We were not looking for him, but yet he found us in our hearts. A lot of times he found us in, in moments that were not so glamorous, maybe moments where we were a little bit embarrassed. Maybe he found us in moments where we being honest and we don't have to raise your hand. He found us in moments where we would have rather him not found us. Because sometimes we lose the idea that God is everywhere and we think the concept of us hiding preserves us from his purview, that he does not see us when we're embarrassed. He does not see us when we're in our sin. He does not see us when we're doing wrong. It's almost like the ostrich who puts his head in the sand and we we take the idea that because we, we're hidden that nobody sees us or that nobody ha- knows what we're going through and nobody knows what we've done. Truth really is those are the most important moments in our life because I want to know what type of Christian you are when nobody sees you. I want to know what type of things you will do even if nobody else will find out. That really is a a true examination of how Christian and how holy we are, how reserved we are unto God and how we behave and act in moments when nobody will observe what we're doing. If nobody would find out what you would do, I, I wonder what would you do? What would you attempt? What would you try? For many of us, it's the specter of being caught that preserves us from doing things that are worse than what we've already done. If you weren't going to get caught, what would you do? Where would you be? What type of actions would you would you engage in? Because that truly is the mark of your character. The mark of your character is not what you do when people see you. But what do you do when they don't? What do you do if nobody would ever find out? So Jesus found them in a moment similarly as he finds us. And when he goes there, he says unto them, Shalom, peace be unto you. He announces peace upon them. And in that moment, many of them are, are, are shocked and amazed, even though they had already been forewarned that Jesus was alive. That Jesus had risen from the grave. For those of you who have trouble with women bringing the gospel, let me give you a message. The first person to bring a gospel message was a woman. First person to bring a gospel message was the woman. It was the women who went there to anoint Jesus' body at the grave. And when they got there, they said, he is not here. But he has arisen, just as he said. So it was not the disciples who proclaimed the first gospel message. In fact, the disciples were the first audience that heard the first gospel message. I I wish you would get that for a moment. Because the women, after leaving the grave, after trying to anoint the body of Jesus and then discovering that he had been risen, went to the disciples and preached to them the gospel. What is the gospel? Simply the good news of Jesus Christ. That he has arisen. He is not there. But yet he is alive. So the disciples had already been made aware that Jesus was alive, that he had risen just as he said. 
In fact, them, the women telling them was simply confirmation of something Jesus had already told them before. Jesus coming up and seeing them after he had risen was actually triple confirmation. His presence was the third confirmation. The second confirmation was the women preaching to them the first gospel message, telling them that he has risen just like he said. The first is when he told them. He said, if this temple is destroyed in three days, it will be rebuilt. In fact, he told them many times, he said, they cannot take my life except that I lay it down. And I've told you anything that you lay down, you can go pick it back up. When somebody takes something from you, you don't know where it is. It's difficult. You have to recover. You have to reclaim something that is taken from you. You have to fight for something that is taken from you. You don't have to fight for something that you lay down. Because you laid it down. You know where it is. All you have to do is go pick up that which you have laid down. I wish somebody was in here with me this morning. What Jesus, when Jesus came back from the grave, it wasn't a fight. It wasn't a struggle. He simply went back and picked up what he had already laid down. Said, you cannot take my life. Except I lay it down. Jesus even warned him. He said, if it were necessary, he said, I can call on 12 legions of angels. Understand a legion is a thousand. I can call on 12,000 angels who are at my beckoning call to assist me if I ever need them. You cannot take my life. It's just that I lay it down. And I want to explain that to somebody because some of you all are trying to fight for stuff that you simply should have just laid down. You're trying to fight somebody for something that is just already laid up for you. Some things you laid down, some things Christ laid in store for you. He laid it down and he put your name on it. It's already yours. Somebody say it's already mine. It's already yours. It already belongs to you. It already has your name on it. So I don't have to lie, steal, cuss, and get mad about stuff that Christ has already laid up for me. It's, all, it's already mine. I don't have to fight and get mad about something that's already laid up for me. If I'm fighting, getting mad, and losing my salvation over something, then it must not be mine. Stop fighting for stuff that's not laid up for you. I, I wish you were in here with me in this moment right here because I'm trying to get you to understand that if you're struggling for the wrong thing, if I'm struggling for something, if I'm having to fight for something, if I'm having to come out of who I am, if I'm having to step out of my walk with God, if I'm having to lose my peace, if I'm not living the abundant life that Christ promised me, I'm probably fighting for something that's not mine. Stop fighting for the wrong thing. The word puts it this way. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. I'm not fighting for something that's temporal. By temporal, I mean this of this earth. It goes away. I, I, I'm not going to fight for something that is not everlasting. I'm not going to fight for something uh, of the earth. In fact, some of you are fighting the devil over stuff that's in his domain. Stop fighting for him. You, you fight. You giving up home field advantage. Because the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. When, it, when you start trying to fight him for his stuff, that's when you get in trouble. Because it doesn't belong to you. 
doesn't belong to you. You're struggling because you're fighting for things that don't belong to you, that don't have your name on it. And how do we do this? We do this when we walk outside of God's will. When we step outside his will, we then start fighting for things that don't belong to us, that don't already have our name on it. Because if it has my name on it, all I have to do, Sister Trina, is I have to go get it. I have to go get it. One of the beautiful things I like, I like mobile order. You order ahead. I love that. It's beautiful. Beautiful invention. Love that. So when I, when I do a mobile order, no matter if, it, if, it's, if it's Walmart, if it's Best Buy, if it's Starbucks, it doesn't matter. They do have it at Taco Bell now. If I mobile, if I mobile order, I say, I, I go through the line and I say, mobile order for Larry. I don't have to tell them what it is. I'm going to try to get this. I'm going to come back to that. I just tell them, give them, give me that which has my name on it. I don't have to explain. In fact, let me give you this. You've already paid for it. It's already, it's been prepaid. I, I, I wish I had some real folks in here with me. It's already been paid for. Somebody, I want to tell somebody right now why you're trying to struggle with something. Jesus paid it all. It's already been paid for. It already has your name on it. All you have to do is go ask for it. Go tell them, I have something in, in my name. Just hand me what that that I've already ordered. But the thing about it, where some of you might get confused, is that there are things in another realm, on another level, that when you go inquire about them, it's in Jesus' name. I want you to walk with me here. Jesus said, if you ask, where, where are my Bible folks at? If you ask what? Anything. Anything in, in, in my name. So there, there, there's a realm of things that, uh, that are already in my name, Brother Kenneth. But, but as long as I'm walking inside God's will, if there's anything that's not in my name, I wish y'all were, I can ask for it in his name. I told you, you just have to be inside the ship. Remember, I told you you got to be inside the ship. When I, inside the ship means you have to be inside God's will. Don't start asking for stuff that's not on the ship. That's when you get mad. Some of y'all done jumped off the boat and started swimming. <laughs> Trying to strive after things that are not inside God's will. Some point at somebody and say, stay in the ship. You stay inside the ship. You can ask anything that's in Anything oh, that's, that's powerful. It, anything that's in, in my name. Anything. And, and it goes on further and says that nothing will be impossible to you when you ask it in my name. That's the power of asking in Jesus' name. No other name given under heaven. No, no, no more powerful name than the name of Jesus. So then let me go back to what I'm telling you. You, you. So when I when I go and get my mobile order, more often for me it's probably Starbucks or Best Buy or something like that. I, I tell them, 
I have an order for Larry. They don't ask me any questions. You know what they say? They say, thank you. We'll have it ready for you when you get to the window. I don't have to pull out any money. I don't have to explain to them what I ordered. It's just their job to get ready. That which has already been paid for. And that which is already in my name. So when I get to the window, I don't have to argue with them. Don't have to argue with them. The reason some of you all are at the window and you're arguing because you're asking for stuff that's not in your name. Asking for stuff that, are, that is not in, in your name. And the reason some things aren't in your name, you know what? There are certain things on the menu, Sister Cindy, I don't order it simply because I don't like it. And there are other things I don't order. I might like it, but it's not good for me. <laughs> Y'all going to walk with me in a minute. You're going to see where I'm going. And see, there are certain things you're at the window arguing for, with folks, trying to get stuff that God knows is not good for you. You're mad at them. They're just doing their job. But they know it's not good for you. It reminds me of, uh, uh, you remember Balaam? Balaam was a, he, he was a soothsayer, maybe half prophet, maybe. He was of, of the Canaanite people. When, 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 when the kings, some of the kings got together and tried to ask him to speak a curse over the children of Israel. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, you cannot speak that over that which is already blessed. You cannot curse that which is already blessed. Oh, that, that makes me... <laughs> That's not even my point, but that makes me happy right there. You cannot curse that which is already blessed. Somebody take that home with you because you need it. You cannot curse that which I have already blessed. So then he's still dealing with the people. Why? Because they keep giving him money. So he says, well, why don't you go with us anyway and see what happens? So then Balaam gets on his donkey and his donkey was, 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 was taking him to a place and he was leading a, along the road. And then all of a sudden the donkey puts veers off the road in, into the field. And, and, and Balaam's confused and he's like, uh, he says, get back in the road. Then he starts beating it and, 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 and whooping, whipping the donkey. And then all of a sudden it says the Lord, and I like how the Bible says it. It said the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. And the donkey said, can you not see the angel that is standing in the road between me and where you're trying to go with his sword drawn? And at that moment, after the donkey speaks, then Balaam's eyes are open. And then the angel says, yeah, you, it's a good thing that donkey pulled you over to the side. Because had you taken one more step, I would have struck you down. Balaam was about to lose his life trying to pursue something that didn't have his name on it. Struggling against that, which is not his. I, I came to tell somebody that, that that's especially for you. Stop struggling for things that God has not proclaimed for you. Because when God says you can have it, when God says you can have it, that which God has already blessed, no other man can curse. When God says you can have it, it's already yours. It's already been set aside for you.
already been set aside. In fact, I, I, I like his name for when I go into Starbucks. They've already made my order. They don't start making it when I get there. <laughs> Some of y'all know. I, I need y'all to wake up this morning. They don't start making it when I get there. It's already been made. It's waiting. It's waiting on me. I'm not waiting on it. It's waiting on me. And some of you all, God has something with your name on it. It's already been made. It's already been prepared. It's already been set aside. It has your name. I like that star, but it has my name on it. Literally has my name on it. It's waiting on you. It's already prepared. You're not waiting on it. It's waiting on you. So if I don't have it, it's not a matter of God not having prepared it. If I don't have it, it's a matter of me not being in the right position. And let me say that again. If I don't have it yet, it's not a matter of God not having prepared it. It's not a matter of God having not reserved it for me. It's not a matter of God not having put my name on it. It's a matter of me not yet being in the right position. Some of us are so focused on what we think God needs to be doing. You need to be focused on being in the right position. God, God hasn't. No, no, God did it, baby. You're not in the right position. Is there anything too hard for God? Certainly we're not questioning the capability of God. So we need to question our own position. Where am I? Why have I not occupied a position in God where I'm able to lay hold of everything that he's already promised for me? I'm simply not there yet. So when we get to our story here talking about Thomas, we would never have called him Doubting Thomas had he been in the right position when Jesus came the first time. Think about that. This whole story, this whole pericope that we discuss, this whole idea that has Thomas branded, that has Thomas labeled as a doubter, is all requisite, is all residue of him not being in the right position when Jesus came the first time. And as a result of him not being there the first time, because let's, let's be real, some of the disciples didn't believe that much either until they saw Jesus. Let's not pretend like they had great faith. They didn't have great faith. The reason we look at them different is simply because they were in the right position the first time. And some of you, I, 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 I hate to break it to you. Some of you have missed out on a blessing because you weren't in position the first time. First time. Still has your name on it, but you weren't in position the first time. In fact, let me tell you something. There are certain things that God has for us that he allows for us, that he that he's made available to us, that it, 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 it's time sensitive. He wants us to lay hold of them at a certain time. Can I go back to my analogy? My analogy is Starbucks, my my uh, Vente, Vente, caramel frappuccino. I'm telling on myself. Yeah, that's that's my guilty pleasure. When I order it. It's waiting on me. Now in my app, it tells me when it will be ready. 
if I'm not there when it's ready, it's not their fault if it starts getting warm. If the ingredients start melting. If it's not as pretty as it was when they first made it. If it doesn't taste the same. If it tastes a little watered down by the time I get there. You ordered it. It told you what time to be there. It's prepared. It's made. It has your name on it. If you don't arrive in the correct time, that's your fault for not being in position at the right time. I'm telling somebody, don't allow your blessing to be degraded. Don't allow it to be untimely because you don't arrive at the right time. Because some blessings, the time sensitive, it makes a difference when you receive certain blessings. Come on in here with me now. You want that check to come before the bills of the due. Come on now. Come in here with me now. You want to make that car payment before they come get it. Come on now. Timing makes a difference. You, you You want that spouse while you're still in the mood to have a spouse. I didn't give me any amens right there. I, I don't know how many witnesses. I got a witness in here somewhere who will tell you at a certain age, you finish. You're like, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm already Mr. Wright can walk in if he want to. I just say, hi, God bless you. He can keep on going. Because I'm good. I got my money together. I got where I, I, I ain't ready to change now. I'm good. Come on now, that's some folks I know. You don't have to raise your hand, but, you, but you're at that place. So timing matters. Be like, if, now if he came 15 years ago, I might would have felt different. So timing makes a difference. So we need to be in position, but not only do we need in position for what God has labeled for us, what he has laid up in store for us, but we need to make sure that we're there at the right time. And that's all that happened to Thomas. Thomas arrived too late. He was not there at the right time. Had he been there at the right time, we would have esteemed him the same way that we do all the other disciples. But the only problem was he was out of position and he came at the wrong time. So now Thomas was not there with the other disciples who we can question whether or not they had the same amount of faith or even less faith than Thomas. So then when Jesus comes back again, it's said daughters in the text. Now it's in the text. I think it's there in, in, in the middle of the text there around. We started at verse 19. If you look around verse 24, 25. It says eight days later. Eight days later. Jesus comes back again through the locked door. <laughs> I think that's interesting to note in the text. The door was locked again, but yet Jesus made his way in. Eight days later, Thomas is present. And then Jesus comes in. I'm, I just, it's something in my mind, just begin to think, man, a lot of things can happen in eight days. In eight days, Thomas could have died. <laughs> eight days later, he had to wait because he was not on time, because he was not in the right position. Then he's present. Then he decides to show up. And he makes a declaration he had made to them previously. He said, I'm not going to believe until I put my hands in his hands. Until I put the, my, my fingers inside the holes. Until I, 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 I touch him in the side that he is pierced. He said, then and only then 
Well, I believe. Basically, Thomas was saying, you can't just tell me. You have to show me. Can't just tell me. You have to show me. And some of us, if we keep it real, we're not tell me people. We're show me people. You have to show us. I'm not getting many amens, but let's let's be real. You're going to have to, baby, you're going to have to show me. Don't tell me. You're going to have to show me. I'm not taking your word for it. you got to show me. That's how, that's the type of personality that Thomas was. I, I have to see it for myself. I have to feel it for myself. In education, they might say, he's a, I'm a tactile learner. <laughs> I'm a visual learner. I'm not an auditory learner. You have to, I have to touch it. I have to feel it. You have to show me. Before I believe, before I accept it. But I, I begin to review the, the, the word and, and the word does not say. It does not say faith cometh by touching. It does not say faith cometh by seeing. But, but my Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Faith, faith cometh. By hearing, if, if, if faith cometh by hearing, then it's reasonable for me to question Thomas' faith. Because the Bible also says, if, why do I have faith in something that I have already seen? If I've seen it, then there's no need to have, have faith for it. It has already materialized. I no longer, no longer need to have faith for Come on in here with me now. Let me take you back a, 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 a let me take you back a year. Because a, a year or so ago, I was on this stage preaching. And I was walking on uh medium density fiberboard. MDF. I, I was I was there wasn't all of this wood here. There wasn't this carpet here. There wasn't this background here. And some of y'all were like, what 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 are we doing? <laughs> what is this going to look like? Come on here, let's be real. You didn't have a vision to see that which I had already told you. Now, I had told you. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, he told you. I told you it was going to look right. I told you it was going to be fine. Doesn't it look all right? Doesn't it look nice? But some of you lack the faith to believe what I told you. But then after you saw it. You were encouraged by what you saw because it was difficult for you to believe it just when you heard it. You had to see it. I'm, I'm just trying to defend Thomas for a few moments now because Thomas is not the only person who believes after he sees. He's not the only person who behaves by believing after he has touched but faith cometh by, by hearing. If faith cometh by hearing, let's get it, then the disciples should have known Jesus was coming back after he told them. Come on now, I, I'm examining everybody. Let's not just stick on Thomas. The disciples should have believed after Jesus told them. Why would the evidence of the women coming to tell them be more profound than Jesus himself telling them, I'm coming back? 
They can't take my life. I'm laying it down. I can go pick it back up. When he said that, they should have believed. They should have known. But the word says more clearly, they believed after they were told by the women and after they saw him and then they remembered. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) He did tell us that. He did say he would come back. And some of you right now, you're in that eight day period. In the eight day period. Somebody told you. God has already declared it. It already has your name on it. But some of you are not going to be able to lay hold in your heart and your mind what God has promised you until you see it. And until you touch it. And some of us, we, we, we know God's manner of time is different than us. That, that eight days for you may have been eight weeks. It may be eight months. It may be eight years. I don't know what it is for you that you've been praying for, that you've been waiting for. But what I'm telling you, if God has said it belongs to you, if God has said that it's already yours, what are you waiting on to believe? What are you waiting on to believe? Because let me give you this. Until you believe you're not in the right position. Until you believe you're not in the right position. It's like the order's waiting on you, but you're at the wrong store. Has your name on it. It's waiting on you, but you're at the wrong location because you don't have faith. You're not in the right position. And you know what? Guess what happens when you're at the wrong store? You know what you do. You know what I'm about to tell you. Come on, you know what you do. You start arguing with them. <laughs> they, I ordered this on my app. I don't, don't, don't make me go off up in here. I, I ordered this. I, I, I see this always happened to me. Y'all always get my stuff wrong. Getting mad at the woman at the the window. Because your lack of faith has you in the wrong position. And you know what? This is the worst thing that happens. You're at the window, Brother Terrence. And you see through the window an order that looks like yours. But you're at the wrong store. Girl, that's mine right there. What? Just give me that. That's mine. That is right there. Just hand it to Can you just hand it to me? You're in the wrong store. You're in the wrong position. Now you're asking for other people's stuff. And you know how God is? <laughs> this is how God works sometimes. God will hand it to you. I'll be all right. Give it to them. They hand it to you. You start tasting your your venti caramel frappuccino. Start tasting like, hmm, something's wrong with this. What what kind what kind of milk did they use? Is this decaf? You wind up suffering with the wrong thing. Sometimes, sometimes, how many of you know, sometimes God lets you have the wrong thing. 
You kept asking for it. You kept demanding it. You kept praying for it. It happened to Israel. Israel wanted a king. God said, there you go. Take Saul. There you go. <laughs> Some guy here give you what you asked for. I think God, God has a sense of humor. And then you mad. Can you imagine the sour taste that Israel had in their mouth after fooling with Saul? That's the sour taste you have while you sucking on somebody's goat milk, drinking the wrong thing. Because they gave you what you asked for. But you got the wrong thing because your faith didn't have you in the right position. Saul Thomas's faith it did not have him in the right position. If anything, I'm praying, Lord, give me faith enough to at least be in the right position. Lord, help my faith to establish me in the place where you desire me to be so I can receive your blessing. So I'm not getting mad at God when I'm talking about you arguing at the window. That's at the woman. You getting mad at her. That's you getting mad at God. God, you didn't. I did what you said. And you still didn't do it. I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I give my money. I show up. I pray. I read the word. But I didn't get what I asked for. Because your faith has you in the wrong position. So we, we, we have to pray humbly. We, we have to maintain our humility before God. Because in any position that we find ourselves in, God's knowledge is always superior to ours. God knows what we need. And gives us things we need, even when we don't want them. Can you imagine the frustration of that? Some of you are parents, you understand that. Giving your child what they need, but they don't even want it. Come on, come on now. You, you're giving them what you know they need. But they don't appreciate it. Because they don't want it. And God does that for us all the time. He gives us what we need. But we don't appreciate it because we don't want it. And then this is the real irony. Sometimes God gives you what you ask for, but because it doesn't look like what you expected, you still don't appreciate it. He's giving you exactly what you asked for. But because it didn't look like what you wanted it to, you don't appreciate it. Men and women, sometimes Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong, Mr. Right and Ms. Right walk right in. And you just, you treated them like the first seven sons of Jesse. <laughs> you looked at them crazy like David walked in. Oh, nah, that ain't it. He too short. He looks like he has bad credit. <laughs> I don't know why he wearing them sandals. And <laughs> What's that smell? Is that sheep? <laughs> now I can't fool with him. God will present you the very thing that you asked for. But if it does not look, remember, faith cometh by hearing. If faith cometh by hearing, why am I evaluating it? By what it looks like. Oh my God, my God. I, I need you. Come on. I, I need you to get that. I need you to write it down. If you're taking notes. If faith comes by hearing. 
then why am I evaluating it by what it looks like? Evaluating by what it looks like. So when Elijah is telling a little boy to go look for rain, get this. I want you to get this. I want you to get an understanding of this. Elijah sent the boy. God, Elijah had already heard. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. He heard it. Didn't see rain. Heard it. He sends the boy to go look for rain. Boy keeps looking for rain, looking for signs of rain. Look at this. Elisha, I want you to get this, in the whole text, never looks for a sign. He never looks for a sign of that which he already heard. You know what he waited for? He waited for the boy to speak, to tell him that there was confirmation of that which he had already heard. I need you to get that in your spirit. He, he never, he never himself went to look for rain. A voice told him rain was coming. The sound of rain was in his ear. He never went to look for the raindrop falling. He was waiting for his servant to come back and tell him to confirm in his ear that which he had already heard. And when he heard it, he ran. Oh, I want you to. He, he didn't run when he got wet. He didn't run when the rain started falling. Elijah ran when he heard confirmation of that which he had already been told. And sometimes, I'm just trying to give this to somebody. Sometimes God sends me to speak a word. Not to tell you what he's going to do. Somebody, somebody is already there. But to confirm with you that which he has already spoken. And God said, if you really got it, when you heard the confirmation, you'd start running. <laughs> if you really got it, I wish you were in here with me. If you really got the word that comes as confirmation of that which I have already told you. You wouldn't wait to get wet. You wouldn't wait to see the raindrops falling. You would immediately start running because faith coming by hearing. By hearing. By hearing. By hearing. So when I say God said, you're already healed. That's not me speaking healing over your life. That's me confirming with you. That which God has already said is going to happen. When I say you are the head and not the tail, that's not me speaking that over your life. That's me confirming in your heart and in your spirit that which all God has already said is going to happen. When I tell you, you're going to experience a financial turnaround. It's not me speaking it over your life. God has already spoken it over your life. That's me confirming what God has already said. When I say your relationship's going to be repaired, that's not me speaking it over your life. 
but that's me confirming what God has already said is going to happen for you and the, what God is saying to you right now is if I've already said it and the preachers already confirmed it I have a question for you he said why aren't you running why aren't you getting in position to where I told you you're going to already be if I said you're going to have a home go ahead and get your credit checked go ahead and get your money together I need you to start running I need you to get in position because you've already got confirmation of what I've spoken over your life it's time to run somebody point at your neighbor and say it's time to run if God promised you a car get your garage ready get your driveway paved you need to start running to prepare for what God is doing in your life God said it has your name on it it's waiting on the counter it's already ready I did it to your specifications it's just for you nobody else can have it but I have blessed nobody can curse it's already yours somebody say it's already mine it's already mine come on stand on your feet it's already mine Come on, put those hands together and say it's already mine. Come on, give God some praise and say it's already mine. It's already mine. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. It belongs to me. Somebody just say that. Say it's already mine. It's already. It's already mine. It has my name on it. I have to just get in position. To that which our God has already declared in my life. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for his word. Give God praise for his word. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let us pray in this moment, Heavenly Father. Lord, we have all had our doubting Thomas moments. Lord, we've all been hard-headed. We've all been obstinate. We've all failed to believe on you as we should. We understand that faith comes by hearing. But some of us were determined to only believe after we touched. To believe only after we saw. Lord, the centurion, Lord, when he was praying, when the man came to Jesus and he said, you do not have to come to my house. Just speak and it shall be done. Jesus said, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe. But we're asking just like that man. Lord, help my unbelief. In areas where my faith can be strengthened, Lord, help me. In areas where I had to lay hands on it and see it before I believed it, Lord, help me. Help my faith, Lord. So that I can stay in the position you desire me to be in. So that I can receive everything. Oh, somebody say everything. Everything that you have for me. In Christ's name I pray. Hallelujah, Lord. There may be someone today who knows that their life is not right with God. Want everybody in this place, those who are watching us online, just lift up both of those hands and pray this prayer with us. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. 
I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried but rose again with all power in his hand. And today, I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. Now I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Come on, give him some praise in this house. And for those of you who are watching us virtually, we praise God for you being with us on this morning. Pray God's blessings on you until we shall see you again. And may God's blessings be with you. God bless you. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.